Amen. Please be seated. And if you have a copy of God's Word with you, I invite you to open to our text, which we will be looking at this evening in 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. I'll just be reading our text this evening. This is God's holy and inerrant word. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Let's go to the Lord and pray briefly. Lord and our God, we do thank you for your word. We pray that you would bless it to us, that we would understand by the teaching of your spirit and that all which we believe and think would come from what you teach us in this very same word. Be with us, Lord, and help us to understand. I do ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts would be acceptable to you this evening. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. I wonder if any of you are familiar with uh, various tests to uh, test counterfeit items. Maybe, children, you've seen in some old movies or TV shows, somebody gets a gold coin and they bite it to see if it's soft. And supposedly that happened because people were taking lead coins and coating them with gold, and the way to tell the difference was to bite it because lead is very soft, softer even than gold. Now, I'm not sure if that ever actually worked, but that was the idea behind the whole thing, and so that's why that's shown in in movies and TV shows. Or maybe you've seen a counterfeit test in real life, in person. Maybe, children, when you were at the grocery store with your parents, you saw your mom or your dad hand over some bills to the cashier to pay for the groceries, and the cashier took out a marker and went and drew on the bills and then nodded their head and put them in the till. Well, why did they use that marker? Well, those markers are supposed to test to see whether the bills are real money or not whether they're counterfeit bills or not. Why do we have these tests? Why do we need to test to see if bills are counterfeit? Why did pirates or cowboys or whoever need to bite coins to see if they were real gold or not? The fact of the matter is there's people out there who say certain things are real when in fact they are not. People say this is a real bill, but it's not, or this is real gold and it's not. And 
There's an amazing and very tragic uh, reality in the church that there are people who will get up in front of a congregation of God's people and say, this is truth, when it isn't. Say, this is from God, and it's not. And in our text this evening, the Apostle John reminds us that these people exist. And he reminds us that we need to be on guard against this. And we need to pay attention. And we need to compare what people say to the standard of truth. God's word, the Holy Scriptures. John's main idea here in this text is that we are supposed to test what teachers teach to make sure what they say matches up with the word of God, which is given by the Holy Spirit. We are supposed to see if what is being taught is God's truth or not. John does this in kind of two parts in our text this evening. First, he tells us directly to test the spirits, and then he tells us to listen to what God has said. And that's what we'll look at this evening. These two divisions test the spirits and listen to God. The first three verses are, are called to test the spirits, and the last three verses, verses four through six, are, are called to listen to God, a reminder to listen to God. So with those things in mind, let's turn now to God's word and see what we're taught to do, what we're supposed to do, what the apostle John calls us to do. First, John says to the church, test the spirits. We see that here in chapter four, verses one uh, through three, but I'll just go ahead and read verse one right now. John writes there, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. So John here, right in the very beginning of our text, tells us we are to test the spirits. We're warned against false teaching. Now, to understand what exactly John is getting at here, there's a very important word that's repeated over and over again through these six verses, which we have to understand. And that word, of course, is spirits. What does John mean when he writes the word spirit or spirits? This is one of those interesting Greek words, which uh, really the interpretation of the word has to come from the context in which it is being used. Because this word can be used uh, to mean many different things. Spirits, or breath, or wind, or the Holy Spirit, when context demands that we interpret it Holy Spirit. What does John mean right here when he tells us not to believe every spirit? Is he talking about spiritual beings? Is he saying that there's angels? Or demons coming into the church and trying to teach? Or is he speaking of something else? I believe what John is getting at here is that spirit, the way he's using spirit, is the uh, claim that teachers make about whether or not what they're saying is from God or not. You remember that there were false teachers coming to the church at that time, and they were claiming, I have a message from God. They weren't coming in saying, well, guess what? The devil told me to say this to you. No, they, they weren't quite that foolish. No, they said, this is from God. This is a teaching. I've been inspired by the Holy Spirit, and you should listen to me. 
And so the spirit that is being claimed here is the Holy Spirit. But John's saying just because someone claims that the Holy Spirit has inspired them doesn't make it so. So spirit here is not necessarily speaking of fallen angels, of of demons or things like that, although we can say that those certainly do inspire many false teachings in this world and many false religions. But what John is getting at here is that these are teachers who are claiming divine inspiration. And so the spirit here is either the Holy Spirit or man's very own imagination. So John tells us not to believe every spirit. Don't believe every claim that is made. John essentially tells the church, don't be gullible. Children, have have you ever been gullible before? When I was very small, sometimes my older brother would joke around with me and he'd say, hey, Timothy, did you know gullible is written on the ceiling? And I'd look up and I'd say, nothing's written there. I was being gullible. I was believing what he said without thinking about it first. John tells the church, don't be gullible. Think about what these men are saying to you. Think about what they're teaching. Don't just uncritically accept everything. Compare what is being taught to the word of God. That's his second call here. He says, don't believe every spirit. This is a command, but do test them. We are to test what people say to us. We are to compare it to God's word. God's word is like the measuring tape, which we are to hold all teaching up to. A measuring tape tells you whether something is a foot or two feet or three feet or whatever. I could hold a board out to you and I could say that's two feet long. And the way for you to check it is to pull out your measuring tape and see if it really is two feet long. That's what John calls us to do. He says, a man might come up to you and say, this is good doctrine. What are you to do? You are to test it and say, how does that match up to what I have here that God has given to me? We are to test these spirits. And why? Why? John says here at the end of verse one, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. That's just a fact of life. The Lord Jesus Christ warned us that many false teachers would come. Uh, in Matthew 21, uh, 24, excuse me, he says that false Christs and prophets would arise and lead astray even the elect if it was possible. This is a fact of life in the church. Many false teachers have gone out into the world. They've arisen and they've claimed, God told me this, so you should believe me. But what are we to do? We're to be like the noble Bereans and compare things to the word of God. And that's the How? of how we are to test these spirits. We're supposed to test the content of their teaching. Look at verses two and three. John writes there, by this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. So how are we to test the spirit's 
How are we to look at what they say? We're to compare it to what God has revealed to us. First, do they confess the true gospel? Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Now, maybe you remember from uh, the past few times when I've spoken about uh, what these Gnostic heretics believed. You remember that the Gnostics believed that uh, the material world was all bad. Human body, human flesh, all that bad. It was evil, it was wicked. And so they denied that the second person of the Trinity would ever come and take on human flesh. Why would a pure spirit corrupt himself? Well, they were teaching falsely. They were undermining one of these glorious basic truths of the gospel that the Lord Jesus Christ did come in the flesh. And to be honest, loved ones, if Christ did not come in the flesh, that's a big problem for all of us because that means that we did not have a perfect man to represent us before God. We are missing a mediator before God. So they were undermining the most basic elements of the gospel, these glorious truths which are, are necessary for men to be saved. They were saying Christ has not come in the flesh. So John says, compare teachers' teaching to even the most basic of gospel truths. Start at the beginning of what you know and move forward from that work forward from that. See if, if all of their teaching compares with all which the scripture says. Don't just ignore something because you think, well, that's just so basic. Everybody would know that. No. Compare it all. Be thorough. Be thorough because the spirit of Antichrist teaches man-made doctrines, doctrines which glorify man and which do not glorify God. Verse three, every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of Antichrist. If someone comes to you, dear people, and they begin proclaiming what they say is, is the truth, but which does not match up to scripture, they are preaching things which are against the Lord Jesus Christ himself. It is the spirit of Antichrist. It's opposed to the Lord Jesus. It's opposed to his truth. It's opposed to his kingdom. It's, it's opposed to everything that there is about Christ. A denial of gospel truth is a denial of Christ. It's a denial of the Father. It's a denial of the Spirit it's a denial that all that God has said and done. It's a terrible, terrible denial and, and falsehood. And that's why John warns the Christians. They encountered this before and Christians would encounter it again throughout history and we even encounter things like this today and so we, we here this evening must be prepared to test the spirits as it were. How can you know whether someone is teaching correctly if you don't have an idea of what good doctrine is? See, this, dear ones, is why it's so important for us to study the word of God. 
This is why it's so important for us to, to meditate on God's word and to, to have it be a part of our lives, to memorize it, to know it. So that when people do come up and say things like, well, you know, God really just wants you to be wealthy and happy. We can say, well, that does not quite match up to what scripture says, does it? God does not promise that we'll be wealthy in this life. He does promise to bless us with every blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And that's far better than all the riches in the world. The Lord Jesus promised us troubles and and trials. He told us we had to pick up our cross and follow after him. So that's why we need to know the scriptures. So I exhort you, beloved, study the word of God. Make it part of your life. Don't just read over it briefly, but, but learn it. And I would also encourage you to read good books by proven, godly, good teachers who have lived throughout the centuries to see what they taught on the Bible. They, they expounded it for us. We don't have to go to the scripture and say, okay, I have to learn all of these really difficult things all by myself. No, we've had godly older brothers and sisters in Christ go over these things and, and fight against false doctrines in the past and write down what they learned from the Bible to help us. Now we must compare what they said to Scripture as well. But many of these people have been proven because their teaching was good teaching in accord with Scripture. And so I would encourage you to study broadly. This, this is the most important book. Make this a part of your life. But study other good Christian books as well. The good books on doctrine. They're helpful for us. They've been uh, given to us as a gift by those who went before us. And we need to study and prepare. When we're children, we go to school to prepare for life. As Christians, we need to study in God's school to be prepared for life and godliness. So study in God's school. Study his word. That is John's first call to us this evening. Test the spirits according to God's word. And then his second part, which he exhorts us, is essentially listen to God. Compare what these false teachers say according to the scripture and then listen to what that scripture actually teaches. How do we see that in this text? Well, first, if we look at verse four, we see that John offers great comfort to those believers who have paid attention, who have listened to God's word. Look at verse four. John writes there, little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in world. John offers comfort to these Christians and offers comfort to you by extension because we who follow Christ have listened to his call to trust in Christ. We've listened to his word. The spirit came and when someone uh, told the gospel message to us or proclaimed it, the spirit took that And he opened up our hearts and minds so that we would understand it and we would believe it. So the Spirit gets all the credit, 
for all of this because he's the one who did all of the work on our behalf. But we must remember that there is a human element. We did hear these things. We did listen to them. And that should bring great comfort to us, even as it brought great comfort to these Christians whom John addressed. Why? Because of three things. One, John says, you're from God. This should be eminently comforting, shouldn't it? John reminds them, you've listened to God. You've heard the message. You believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, which means you are a child of the most high God. You are of him. You are from him. He is your God and your father. Be comforted, little children. And the second thing John reminds them of is that they have overcome them. That is the false teachers, these false prophets whom John has mentioned previously. Now you remember that these Christians had just gone through a a period of time when these false teachers were among them, proclaiming error to them, trying to draw them away if they could. And at this point that John has written, these false teachers have left the assembly. They are, uh, at least most all of them, I presume, are no longer present. So John reminds these Christians, you listened to God's word and you were not led astray. And that should be a great comfort as well. You were not tricked by these false teachers, these workers of deceit. God has preserved you. He has been gracious and kind to you. And he has helped you during this period of trial. And little children, you have therefore overcome them. And you are overcoming them. The spirit of the most high God is giving you success as you walk in his ways. And that's the third piece of comfort. The third piece of this comforting message that that John gives to them. Why are they from God and why have they overcome? For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. John reminds these Christians. They have been given life in the spirit. The Lord Jesus Christ has given his Holy Spirit to all who come to him in faith. And the spirit indwells us. The spirit teaches us. Uh, This is the spirit of God who who teaches of Christ, the spirit of truth, as Jesus calls him in John uh, chapter 14 uh, and onward. The spirit who who points us to Christ, who reminds us of of the truth of God's word, reminds us of, of what we ought to say in opposition to those who are, are bringing false doctrines and false gospels to us. He's the one who works in us and through us to overcome falsehoods which arise against the church. And isn't this just an amazing testimony to God's grace, first of all, that he does this. He does not just abandon us and leave us alone saying, well, good luck, fight as hard as you can. I'll see you next spring. No, the spirit himself works in us and supplies us with that strength which we need to work. And then wonder of wonders, the Lord gives us credit for this work 
which we don't deserve at all. He says, you have overcome them because of the spirit. How many of you, after building a shed, would tell everybody you know, oh yeah, my hammer did that? That would be silly, wouldn't it? Your hammer's not the one who built the shed. You used the hammer. And yet, what does God say when he uses us as his instruments? He says, well done, good and faithful servant. He says, my child, I'm proud of you. He says, you have overcome them. The spirits work in us and through us. And yet the Lord gives us credit and praise. This is truly grace upon grace upon grace. And it's comfort to us because we have comfort in this conquering Holy Spirit as we listen to God. Well, John continues from there to kind of expound upon who these two messengers are, to, to juxtapose them, to show us uh, more so why we should not listen to these false teachers and why we should listen to God. First of all, he proclaims to us who these messengers of the world are and where they get their message from and who their audience is. In verse 5, he says that these false teachers are from the world, and therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. He reminds us that these false teachers do not have their origin in God, in Christ. They're not part of the people of God, really. They're wolves in, in sheep's clothing when they come into the assembly of God's people, but really they're from the world. They're from this system of uh, self-desire, self-aggrandizement, self-glorification. They're from this system which is holy and completely opposed to God and Christ. And so their message is opposed to the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's opposed to God. And so their message comes from the world, but... This is also the reason why they're so readily accepted by the world, isn't it? The world listens to them. Their audience is the world. Because the system, the people in the system hate Christ and they proclaim the glory of men. They promote the glory of men. They, they want to magnify themselves. And so any message which magnifies men and not Christ is very readily accepted by the world. So John reminds us we should have no part in this false teaching. We shouldn't look at it or or entertain it. We can't say, well, even a broken clock is right twice a day, so... You know, we can add a little bit of, of their teaching into, into our church, and it'll be okay. John says, if their teaching is as opposed to Christ and his work, why would you want to have anything to do with it? You must overcome them through the Spirit and listen to God and what he says. Verse 6, see, the Spirit's messengers are the ones whom we are to listen to. John writes there, we are from God. Whoever knows God 
listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. When John says we are from God, he's using uh, the same we that he used in the very beginning of John, the apostolic we. He's reminding God's people that the Lord Jesus Christ by his Holy Spirit has inspired these men to proclaim the truth of God to the ends of the earth. He's saying, brothers, these other people are from the world. They came to you claiming that they had the spirit of God and you should listen to them. But their teaching did not match up to scripture. John says, brothers, we are from God. You can compare every aspect of our teaching to the scriptures and it all lines up. So listen, John says, to the teaching of the apostles. Listen to what the spirit has inspired. Listen to the word of God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. John reminds us that if we have indeed been born again, if we have trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ and he has given us his spirit, we listen to what God says. We pay attention to what is written in the scriptures because we know they are for our good and God's glory. We know they have been given to us for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness so that we might be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We know that this is a great blessing from God and so we pay attention to it. There's times when we can read the scriptures and we say, wow, this is really hard. I don't know if I can do this. But those who love Christ and who seek to listen to him will say, Lord, give me strength to do this. I want to obey you. Help me to obey you. I think that can probably be a long struggle for some of us. But at the end of the day, we will submit to what God has said in his word. Dear people, are you submitting to what God says in his word? Or are you saying, there's some things in here that I don't like. God's standards are really high. And the culture is telling me one thing. The culture is saying, well, no, these things are perfectly fine. These are okay. We should just accept this group of people and love them and just say what they're doing is perfectly fine. And I don't want to be a bigot. I don't want to be mean. I don't want to be hurtful to people. What God says in his word is hard to do. Or are you saying, Lord, this is difficult. Help me. Help me to submit to your word and to be loving in my submission to your word. Help me to do what you call me to do. John says that is what people who have the spirit do. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. If we listen to God, listen to God, dear people. Listen to God and praise him. Praise him for his great victory in your life, in the lives of others. Praise him that this great victory over even false teaching is sure and certain. The word of God will go out into all of the earth and people from every tongue, tribe, and nation will be saved. This is a promise of our God. Praise him for this great victory 
which he accomplishes. And praise him that he accomplishes this victory through us. He uses us as instruments to spread the gospel. Praise him for that and ask him to help you. Ask him to help you and be brave. Be brave, dear people. Be, be brave. We have the Spirit. And the Lord will work those things in us which he calls us to do. He will. Trust him. Be brave. Pay attention to what he says in his word. Pay attention so that you might know what you are to believe and what he would have you to do so that you might glorify and honor him in your life. and You might help other Christians around you to do the same. Dear Christians, the Lord has given us this gracious gift of his word to teach us what we are to believe. Use it. Use this gift he has given. Praise him for it. And when you come across those who are seeking to distort the message or deny it outright, pray that the Lord would give you grace to remember what he has said so that you will both be protected, but that you will be able to stand against false teaching as the Lord calls you to. Let's close in prayer. Lord and our God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have not left us alone to guess at what you would have us to believe, but you have, you have put it all down where we can access it so readily. Lord, help us to learn your word well so that we would be prepared and we would be able to articulate what you have taught both to ourselves and to others so that your people might be strengthened in their faith and that they might be strengthened in their resolve to do what you called them to do. And do it, Lord, for your glory and the spread of Christ's kingdom here in this world. We ask in his name. Amen.